The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I just figured we'd start with that one. The Pro Bowl is a joke. <laughs> I mean, you could just answer, open it up just like that. Like just, we don't even start, have to do the normal. Start right here. Daniel Gowris all over it. The Pro Bowl is a joke. It's Ladies, a joke. It's a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, joke. You, you are tuned into the Hump Day Hotline. Brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. My name is Joe Miller, and I am the host, one of the hosts of the Humpty Hotline, joined by my great friend, one of my besties in the entire world, Jay Spence the King. Jay Spence, it's hump day. It's hump day. It's hump day. We need to get over today because I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I am not happy. Like, this is not, this is not, I know I tweeted it earlier, so you would think that my whole energy would, would by now have like died down and I would be okay. Yeah. Damn that. There's no reason why Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are not starting in the Pro Bowl. And I get it. I get it. People po- opt out now. It's a popularity contest. Blah, 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 blah. It's not a popularity contest because it's one third voting from fans. The other two thirds means it's players and coaches. So I don't want to hear about it just being a popularity contest where it's all fan voting and we're a small market team. I don't want to hear that. In the NFL, you have teams that scout every single mm. week. Mm. They know who they're playing. They know who's good. They Even if it's not for the sense that they're going to play us, they're looking at contracts going up. They want to know if somebody's – they know who the top safeties are. So now you're looking at this, and you got Jordan Poyer as a third a, – a third a third alternate. Yeah. Micah Hyde is fourth. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually pulling up the a, uh, AFC rosters right now. But uh, to uh, to that point, to uh, segue into that, or just to jump right into it, so the uh, the Pro Bowl rosters have come out, and uh, I've got a couple nifty little pictures here for everybody. And uh, the only two Buffalo Bills that made it, and I'll be frank with you, it's odd to me as much as we love Deion Dawkins on this program, and as much as we love Stephon Diggs on this program, I'm confused as to how those two made it over Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Like, right? I mean, can we start there? <laughs> like, to, to I don't know. I'm not as hard on Dion as everybody else is. Like I'm not I've saying I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying I'm saying the the season that Micah and Jordan Jordan are having and consistently have is better than the season that Dion's having. Yes. No. Yeah. Maybe. A hundred percent. So. 100%. so if, 
I'm not saying he's Go undeserving. Ahead. I'm not saying he's undeserving. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, for me, if I'm if I'm thinking of two guys that are going to make it first, it's going to be those, or it's going to be, you know, the two guys on the back end of the defense. Uh, right. Wide shot of all of the alternates for the Buffalo Bills, you've got uh, Mitch Morse, Reed Ferguson, Josh Allen. Uh, it looks like Dawson Knox, Tyler Matikevich, Jordan Poyer, as we already talked about, Tyler, uh, Tyler Bass, Tremaine Edmonds, and Micah Hyde. So when we look at the Pro Bowl roster, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go to so, – so the quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor, can't argue there. Nick Chubb, not bad. Joe Mixon, fine. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs from the Buffalo Bills, Keenan Allen. Uh, tight ends, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. Offensive tackles, Rashawn Slater, sorry, Orlando Brown, Deion Dawkins from the Buffalo Bills. Offensive guard, Quentin Nelson, Joel Betonio, and Wyatt Teller, former Buffalo Bill, for about two seconds. Center, Corey Lindsey, Ryan Kelly, and then uh, there's a fullback in there, he who shall not be named. Uh, defensive ends, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Tro uh, Trey Hendrickson. Interior linemen, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones, Cam Hayward. Outside linebackers, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Matt Judon. Cornerback J.C. Jackson, Xavier Howard, Denzel Ward, Kenny Moore the second, free safety Kevin Byard, strong safety Derwin James from the Chargers, and Tyron Matthew from the Kansas City Chiefs. At the end of the day, it's a popularity contest, and it's not even a popularity contest from the other players. They have somewhat of a vote, but it's primarily a fan vote, and it's a popularity contest, and it's sad. But no, I disagree because it's the, the fan vote is one third. So the, it's still weighted the same for the coaches and the, the players. That's why I was so upset at the beginning where I'm like, no, like it's it's a clear snub. I don't care if the fans don't vote for him or not. You still have two thirds of this whole pie that should have recognized the fact that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are the best damn safety tandem in the league. Yeah. Josh Allen. Look, yeah. people can be mad about this and we can argue about it if you want to. I can't argue about the three quarterbacks that are there. No, I can't. No. And, well, and I Mahomes, know, Mahomes hasn't. This hasn't been a great year for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it, Lamar's it's not played great well for his standards. Lamar's played great. well. Just, Justin Herbert's played well. I, I feel like Mahomes has played about as well as Allen has, right? I mean, I guess, but I feel like um, they also have their team in a little bit better of a position right now. And I feel like, so again, I, of course I want yeah. Josh there. I'm not saying yeah. that Patrick Mahomes deserves to be there over Josh. What I'm saying is I can't be mad about that. Yeah. Um, but on the defense, I damn sure can be mad that we have one of the top ranked defense. We have the third, depending on what stats and what website and all that stuff you're looking at, we got the first, <laughs> second, or third best defense in the league. And you mean to tell me that we have no defensive players that not got one. voted onto the team? None. This is the no-name defense, apparently. I uh, got our first Super Chat. By the way, I did, not, I did not even say that at the top of the show. So for those of you that are watching it via YouTube, uh, we are Super Chat Live. So if you want to get our attention, we'll do our best to get the comments. This is a conversation. And as conversations go, we like to bring in the comments. But if we don't get to your comment, throw Super Chat in there. We will see it. It'll be highlighted just like this one. Highlight, highlighted, whatever. This one comes from Peyton, who I got the uh, distinct honor and privilege to meet in Tampa. Uh, Peyton is a good dude, and he was wearing your T-shirt, which is really just yeah, made yeah. it all, Shout out all to the, him. I got the picture. All the better. Uh, hello, happy yeah. holidays and such. This will be my first riot. Can you let me know where I can obtain appropriate riding gear? Also, the look on Spence's face right now is priceless. <laughs> I don't think y'all understand how upset I am about this. Like, <laughs> like this isn't a, this like this isn't a game for me. This isn't entertainment. Like, I'm so serious that I'm so. 
the league has given me a lot to be disappointed about this year. Agreed. Obviously, the referees is something that everybody can talk about. We can talk about like there's a lot that we can talk about. But come on. Like, yeah, yeah. You you have led the charge. You have been the sounding horn for Jordan Poyer. I mean, you went as far as even to make a T-shirt that has sold. Like, there's been units sold of that T-shirt, and it's on Twitter. Like, be, people are talking about you know Jordan Poyer to the Pro Bowl, or we riot. And here we are, fourth, third alternate, right? Third. Mike is a fourth alternate. He's a third alternate. I I don't. I honestly don't get it. He's had an incredible year. He's putting up stats. He's had picks. He's had picks that have mattered. So he's not even having garbage picks. He's had he's had picks that have made a difference in football games. Uh, yeah. One of them, one of them was, you know, showcased on the whole, mic'd up by the Buffalo Bills. It was released by the NFL. I, I, I I'm at a loss as as far as that goes. Micah, him, I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, it's, I'm. There's been a, it's been a pretty even keel across the entire team this this season as far as there hasn't been crazy standouts like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs last year. However, if you're looking at standouts for me, those two guys are those two guys on the back end, Micah and Jordan. Those are the two guys that Absolutely. stand out. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially now with 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 uh, Tre'Davious White being out, so I mean they haven't missed a beat in that backfield against the Buccaneers with with Trey being gone, and that's largely due to Mike and Jordan, right? You have a safety tandem that can absolutely take over a game, and it doesn't matter if your All Pro cornerback is injured or not. Like right. that's who Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are. Right. That's who they are. And I right. tell you what, I, I get it. This Pro Bowl snub is a thing now, but I promise, I promise you, if he does not make the all pro team, I, I promise you, Peyton, I'm going to tell you exactly where to get the damn riot <laughs> stuff because it's going. I'm, I'm telling you, like you have no idea. This is so frustrating because the thing is, it's like at what point. So what does Jordan have to do? Like, what does he have to do? Does he have to go and play for um, the Chiefs? Does he have to leave Buffalo and go play for the Chiefs? You you got to wonder if that is part of it, if it has to do with the market that he's in. And that's sad that it's that way. I mean, you would think that the NFL, and I know what people are going to say, there, there's going to be realists out there, and we'll call them quote-unquote realists. They're like, well, if it's not Dallas or L.A., then nobody really pays attention. But the, the reality is, is the NFL is, it, it's, it's, it's an, it, there's an entirety of the NFL. And if a great player plays on any team of the entirety of the NFL, they get, Press time, they get airtime, they get. You see Josh Allen's picture on Good Morning Football and advertisements for the NFL for the NFL Network. Like these guys, their faces are seen. It probably has something to do with that, but it's it's unfortunate. The reality is, is there's only so many spots, and how many guys are playing better than him? Well, the league feels like four guys are playing better than those two. Actually, there's more than that because it's their third and third and fourth alternates. But I don't know, man. Only guy I can only guy I can kind of like not be mad about is Bayard. Like Kevin Byer, sure. he's a stud, stud all day, like stud. period. Stud. So I'm not mad about that. Honey Badger, no. I'm a fan of his, but he has not played well this year. And no. it's not that's not a shot at him. That's not me dissing him. I love him. Yeah. He has not played up to Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde's stat. Like, it just has not happened. Correct. So it's, it, it comes down to me. It, it, and this isn't even, you know how like sometimes, and I mean this with all respect to everybody, but it's like, you know how sometimes you'll get the, the fan that doesn't really like completely fully understand the game. So they're like, well, no, Jordan's Poyer's not good because he gave, he, he missed a, a tackle. And it's like, okay, fine. But these are like the NFL players, the coaches, yeah. like, how are you, how are we not recognizing one of the guys in your fraternity? Yeah. Who's yeah. the best. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You, I'm going to, I'm going to read this one to you from Joseph Han Hanover. Uh, thank you for the super chat, dude. Appreciate you being a part of the show. I'm going to read it to you and I'll let you respond. Cause I don't get it. 
<laughs> guys, guys, these are some tasty shoulder chips. Should we kind of be thankful here? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? What are the shoulder he, chips? He means like they got chips on their shoulder. Okay, like got it. Chip okay. on their shoulder. I'm old. And, and I'm the old. thing is, look. It, got it. I can't. I can't say that the guys are going to play harder because I feel like they play hard every week, which is the reason why they're ranked one, two, or three, depending on what website you look at. Right. But right, the thing is, right. I, I just at this point I feel like the disrespect has to fuel them. It has to. And then yeah. I feel like the, the disrespect coupled with the disrespect about losing to the Patriots um, to a quarterback that only threw it three times and the way people are talking about it as if the defense should be embarrassed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I feel like yeah. at this point now, look, these last couple games, last three games, we got to come out and punch people in the face. I think it's going to happen, too. And the reason that I think it's going to happen is because I broke the Corey Bohorquez jersey out of retirement and it worked. <laughs> What are, you, what are you tuned into? He's still mad. So yeah, I I, uh, I think I did. I tell you last week I was going to break up the Corey Bohorquez jersey. This weekend, I saw. I, well, I saw you posted. Um, yeah, I didn't know if didn't I told you. you I, off, I didn't know if I told you off the air last week that I was going to do it. I was like, I'm down on my last straw. Like I don't know what else to do. This is it. Like, like this is this is where superstition has got me. So even my daughter McKenna's like, you can't wear that jersey. My 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 red Stefan Diggs can't wear it. My white Josh Allen can't wear it. Like I can't wear any of the shirts that I normally wear. She's like, got to wear something different. I'm like, well, then it's Corbo Horkas. She laughed at me, but it worked. So here we are. Here we are. But uh, let's move on from that. And actually, let's get to, or why don't we, where does that Carolina Panthers game, and I don't have I don't have a fancy little ticker running at the bottom for the Carolina Panthers game. Where are you at as far as uh, just uh, final thoughts, final feelings on that football game, the Buffalo Bills versus the Panthers uh, this past weekend? Um, th The thing is, so I know, so the Panthers have, one of the top 10 defenses in the league. So I'm I'm okay with what the offense did. I'm very proud to see what they were able to do against that defense, the running game. Mm -hmm. Devin, um, it still wasn't the most impressive run game, you know, like to average 3.9 yards a carry yeah. is not like, it's not one of those things that you're going to be like, okay, extend right. that dude. Right. But it was the best performance that we had this season from a running back on our team. So I feel like the team is kind of figuring out like, OK, we can't do the running backs by committee thing. We have to give a guy the ball and let him get into a rhythm. I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. It's just the defense, man. Like I'm not mad at the defense. Right. What I'm saying is like I'm still on this Pro Bowl thing. Like it's the defense. Like and I know it was Cam. I know he don't have an arm. I said last night on the code of conduct, like. Cam is so inaccurate now that he couldn't even throw an interception, you know, because there was a couple plays that was clearly supposed to be intercepted, but the ball was so it was such a duck, you know, it just was bad. So, but dude, look at look at what the defense did to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went as far as before I read the the ticker that I got rolling at the bottom for the people that are listening in podcast form. I went as far Sunday too, and believe the funny part is is when i made this comment you immediately flashed into my mind because i didn't want to say i know you're a cam fan and i, I didn't want to say something that was outlandish and ridiculous but i felt weight behind what i said which was at this point you know cam is he scares me of all the of all the quarterbacks that are kind of in that backup semi starter role he scares me the most because he's such a big physical guy and he's a runner mm -hmm. and he gives the bills fits so but as a quarterback, as a throwing quarterback, he's flawed at this point. And I made the statement on my show, on the overreaction show, that at this point, you got to wonder if somebody like Kaepernick might be a better option than Cam as a starter. Kaepernick can throw the ball and still run the ball. I just don't know why Cam is – I don't know why they're trotting him out there. Why did P.J. Walker not take a single snap? Like, I was worried about him just from all the hype that we had heard, 
And obviously, no Tredavious White. I was, you know, if we're going to put a gunslinger back there, we're going to put a guy back there that can throw the ball over the yard once in a while and like trip up the Bills. And it didn't happen. They didn't, they didn't trot that guy out there once. I was surprised. Were you surprised by that? No, I feel like they're, um, they're at this point now where, you know, they paid Cam this, a certain type of money to come back and start while Sam Darnold was out and it's starting money. Like it's not start, it's not Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, whatever quarterback out there. It's not that money, but right, the right. contract he got was a hell of a contract. And it was just like, I remember when he signed it, I'm like, holy smokes, good for Cam. Right. But, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I would have been more nervous about PJ. Right. I would have, because uh, PJ can throw that thing and he might not throw, he's not Josh Allen. Cause of course he would be starting somewhere, but I'm a, he still could move that ball down the field. When he came out here and played against the Cardinals, it was actually, they beat the Cardinals. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm happy that um at least against us, Cam wasn't able to perform. <laughs> you know, right. um I root for Cam every week. I do, yes, but this do. past Sunday, obviously I didn't. Um but I think he's done. And and it, it it's been tough for me to admit that this year because I love him so much, but he's yep. done. He needs to go ahead and retire, go ahead and do his um, you know, he has so many great things that he does. He has the the hospital that he uh he yep. doesn't run it, but he has the hospital in his name. He has, you know, his hat company and his wine company. He has a podcast like us that he does that's very good. I don't I know a lot of people um don't like Cam's personality from what they heard, but I feel like if a lot of you watched him, he's listened to him and heard him talk. He's changed awesome. he's changed in a lot of ways this year. I mean it's people have even talked about him at the podium just that his his the way that he's speaking and the things that he's saying is just different this year and and I I feel like I see it so there's a there's a grounding that seems to have happened I don't mean that in a bad way I mean that in a great way but uh we'll see I mean it's it's it, it is what it is but uh, getting back to Devin Singletary before I before I, yeah. I uh, rail card us there a little bit Devin Singletary has taken the obvious lead in my opinion in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills we saw it against the Carolina Panthers we saw it a little bit against the Buccaneers uh in the last couple games so you already kind of gave your feelings on that. I, I feel I said this on the show too. The the bills have gone out of their way. And it's funny. I said that on the FINA show as well. And FINA kind of disagreed. I feel like the bills have gone out of their way to pretty much tell Devin Singletary. Well, you're kind of the guy, but not really like since he's been here. So the first year he was here, he was a rookie. Great. But he had flashes. They're playing Frank Gore in like meaningful third and fours, meaningful third and twos. And Frank Gore wasn't getting them. And they're still trotting, trotting them out there. They benched Singletary in a couple games. They draft Zach Moss, right? So Zach Moss, they bring him in and like he's splitting. Devin Singletary, kind of similar thing. Gets benched. He's not in there on critical plays. He gets some some reps in the first half. Doesn't see a lot of reps in the second half. And then we've kind of, and then this year they bring in Matt Breida. And like the same thing kind of happens. And now it's fine. And the dude just keeps showing up to work. Devin Singletary is like, you know what? I can't. It, it's the epitome of the press conference. I can't control that stuff. It's out of my ability to do anything about it other than performing when I'm on the field. And he is, without a doubt, the most consistent running back that's back there, whether it's because of the scheme they're running, the designs or the play calls or just talent. I think that's the way to go. I think that that's the guy that should be playing the entire game. Now, he gives up a lot in and this, this is a conversation worth having, in pass protection, Zach Moss is clearly the better pass protector uh, over Devin Singletary. But um, I liked what I saw from him in the Carolina Panthers game. Now, clearly, we can argue about this, and it's been argued with me on Twitter all day today to the point where I've ignored, started ignoring my phone and my mentions. Um, they legitimately used the pass to set up the run in the Panthers game. That design of the run game was different than it has been all year this year. They were running off the pass 
and it was being successful, which they have not done this year. They've been running kind of first. They did run seven times, I think, on second and long and weren't successful on any of them. Uh, but I liked what I saw, whether it was, again, from the scheme, the philosophy, or if it was from Devin. But for all intents and purposes, I'm just looking for, you know, kind of your thoughts on that, too. Are, are, are we kind of good? Is he the guy at this point for the rest of this season? Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to have an unpopular take here. I'm still pretty much like I'm not a Devin Singletary RB1 guy. Um, I still all season I've been saying Zach Moss three, of the three we have, he's the guy. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's like right. no, no, RB1, I know. I'm next talking about five those years, three lock him up. <laughs> That's not yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about these three guys only. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really honestly, I'm still a Zach Moss guy. And I feel like I know a lot of people feel like he doesn't have good vision and he doesn't hit holes properly or whatever. Um, but the thing that I feel like given the same opportunity as far as being the guy, give, give him 20 snaps and give him 20 handoffs and see what he does. I think it comes down to that rhythm. And when you out there and, and you only, you know, you're only going to get five, five attempts, seven attempts, you want to make the most out of every single time. And then you're scared yeah. to get benched. You're scared. to. So I just feel like if you, if you have a team that, that really just gives you that chance from what I've seen from Zach Moss, you just mentioned the blocking, um, that he does the protection for Josh. I, I'm a I'm a Zach Moss guy, but I'm not, I'm not going as far as saying that I'm not happy about Devin doing this. Like, so if if it's Devin for the rest of the year, okay, let's get it. Like, yeah. I love Devin, I love Zach, I love Matt. Hell, let's get Antonio active. Like, I, I want all of them. I don't know why <laughs> you know, that one, I, I, that's I who I want. I don't know why that one hasn't been seen yet because there's just an energy. I've talked about it a lot, even since last year, game seven, uh, the, the 16th game, week 17 against the Dolphins. There's, there's just an energy that he runs with that's different. There's a force that he runs with that's different. Um, I don't know why we have not seen Antonio Williams yet this season. For me, it's tough because I think there's a recency bias. I think you go three games with Zach Moss getting being scratched and the run game is still kind of in that 2.2 to 3.1 yards per carry. It's like, I like Zach Moss. Let's get him in there. And then he gets in there and you're like, oh, I remember this now. I, I just, I, but again, I've said this too. I don't know that it's the backs. You know, I think I think the line is a big part of it. I think the scheme and the philosophy is a big part of it. I think situationally, it's a big part of it. So you you can read that. My man, buddy B. Brian Bauer says, "Nah, Jay Spence, Zach Moss has proven he doesn't know how to read blocks and the way defenders are attacking and pursuing. He has zero vision. The film does not lie. I'm gonna just tell you, I think it does because if you watch the film, you have to act, watch it from every angle. Don't just watch it from one thing and, and be like, yo, he missed that hole. The thing is, you have to understand the different type of backs that we have. This is not shady. This is not mm -hmm. um, even Devin. Devin can sometimes bounce it outside and he, he doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he no. ha he's elusive and he has like a, you know, he can make people miss in a, in a phone booth. But when it comes to Zach Moss, first of all, he's coming off of, of an injury, an ankle injury. I don't know if it was a broken foot or if it, I don't know exactly what it was. But we have to keep that in mind. So I feel like when he's on the field, he understands like, OK, if I try to bounce it outside, that's not going to happen. And I just think that the offensive line that we have, we've been complaining about this offensive line for pass protection, for run protection, for everything. So I just don't understand how we're going to like give up on Zach Moss because he doesn't have a line. To run. I mean, hell, Devin Singletary hasn't been running well either. Like before this last game, again, this is the recency bias you're talking about. Yep, before yep. this last game, Devin Singletary's best game was not lit. Like it was the Miami game and he had the right. one long run. That's the only reason it yep. was his best game. Yep. So no, I, I'm, I'm still a Zach Moss guy. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the remainder of the season. Uh, Zach Moss, I, was he inactive in the last game or was he active and just he didn't was. play? He was inactive. No, he was inactive. 
mm-hmm. inactive. Gotcha. I didn't see the inactive list. I was, uh, Sunday was a weird day. Um, just, and I'm not going to get into that. It was just kind of a weird day for me. <laughs> But uh, let's move on to uh, this week's game and just kind of what's going on in the news, which is that uh, clearly Cole Beasley, unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> it was funny, somebody on Facebook in one of the Bills Mafia groups yesterday, like late in the day, was like, are we going to talk about this Cole Beasley thing or is everybody just going to ignore it? And I, I responded, whatever rock you're living under, invite me over because I want to be there. Because <laughs> like, it was just, it's just, it's been nuts. And what's been interesting and obviously we're, we're, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to talk about the, the stuff that's difficult. But, you know, Cole had a statement that came out that he came out with. And, you know, wherever you feel it was funny because a lot of the players kind of screenshot it and, and posted it. The bigger question is this with Cole Beasley being out. What is the, the he's he's out for sure. Unvaccinated 10 days mandatory. Um, what is the wide receiver situation look like? Are, are we looking at Stefan Diggs? Uh, you know, in the slot, are we looking at it completely Ike in the slot? Do they pull up a guy like Isaiah Hodgins and he gets his first opportunity maybe in the slot? Marquez Stevenson is out there. Do you move Stefan inside, put Marquez on the outside, throw him some deep balls? Clearly that kid's got some, he's got some wheels on him. Where are you at on this whole thing? With If Cole's out, who gets the, who, who's getting the opportunity? Ike is probably the first choice, right? Yeah. I want to see Isaiah McKenzie back there. Um, so, you know, all season, I know everybody knows I've been critical of Isaiah McKenzie for on special teams. For good reason. That has nothing to do with offense. Like, it has nothing to nothing do with offense. Yet. I want yeah. to see him in the offense. And speaking of Devin Singletary, the touchdown that he had, um, what was it, second quarter, the first quarter, where it was like a sweep to the right side. I don't know if you – I'm sure you've seen it, but Isaiah McKenzie went in motion, which mm-hmm. completely shifted the defense. Yeah. And it made the defense kind of start paying attention to Isaiah McKenzie in the left yep. side of the field. And then it gave Motor that it, it gave him that lane to score that touchdown. So I know and I've been arguing all week with people. People are telling me, well, Isaiah McKenzie's not good in the office. I don't care if he's getting 100 yards on four receptions. What I care about is the fact that he's a threat. Wait, I, I, pr- I promise you, I can send you to I, when we get off of this, I'll DM you. I'll, well, I'll send you. No, no, no. Quote. I I, just, I I believe you. It's just weird to I mean, and I I shouldn't be surprised with the things that I've been running into specifically today with the tweet that I put out about the Buffalo Bills. You know, there's a big thing out there that the Bills need to run the ball to beat the Patriots. It's like, well, we've played them three times. We ran against them twice. Almost lost once. If it wasn't for a punch out by by Justin Zimmer. We lose that game, and we lost the second one. The game we throttled them was when Josh Allen was throwing the ball, and even in the last game when Josh started throwing the ball, we started to kind of play better the things that people say to me, like, it's just unbelievable. Like, Oh, I don't even want to get, so I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised, but I don't know how anybody can say that Isaiah McKenzie is not effective on the offense. He has Dude. been effective. The That's ever that's since it. he's been on a team, ever since ever he's, been, since on he's team. been on a team, he's effective in the offense last season. And I've been talking about this. He's been the most effective offensive player outside of Stefan Diggs last year. And I know we, I know we love Gabriel Davis and he had the eight touchdowns or seven touchdowns. He was, but yeah, what I'm yeah. telling you about Isaiah McKenzie was that he was special in the offense. He was everything. He was that Swiss army knife. He yeah. could line up in the backfield and, and run forward. He could, you know, run a screen. He's doing the jet sweeps. He's doing, he does everything. Yeah. And when he's out there, whether he catches the ball or not, whether he's being targeted or not, the defense knows that he's there because last season he ate teams up. I want him on the field. And I do think – I think in the slot, Isaiah McKenzie – look, now, there's been a lot of conversations I've been seeing too about moving on 
um, after the season from Cole Beasley because of age. And this isn't just from today. This has been like throughout the season. Like, okay, well, Cole um, is getting older. He's breaking down. We got to get younger and blah, blah, blah. I would love to extend Isaiah McKenzie as our slot receiver. I don't right. feel like we have to go out and, and, and draft. I don't feel like we have to sign a big free agent. I think Isaiah McKenzie in this offense is money. 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 So that's where I'm at. No, I, I agree. And it's funny because the times when Isaiah McKenzie hasn't been uh, money, to to use your word, has been the times when the Bills have just refused to give him the football. They, re- they stopped running jet sweeps. They stopped incorporating him in the offense. And that's not uncharacteristic of this offense. Like, that's what Brian Dable does. Like, he finds things that works and then kind of abandons it. We're not going to do that anymore. And you talk about the red zone. Like, that's why we are falling off in the red zone for two reasons. We're not using Isaiah McKenzie, Mm. and we're not doing jet sweeps with Josh. Those don't not jet sweeps, but you know, quarterback quarterback um, quarterback, draws, whatever design runs from him or quarterback sweeps. Yes. You use your you use your best weapons in the red zone. And I get it. We got this love affair with Dawson Knox now. He's playing phenomenally as a tight end this year. I'm with it. I'm not saying take anything away from Dawson. What I am saying is, though, we know what works. And Josh Allen in the red zone works. Isaiah McKenzie in the red zone works. My man Buddy B with the Super Chat says, the fact that Dayball hasn't been using Isaiah McKenzie on the offense makes absolutely no sense. He's a legit threat to the defense and that they have to account for. And that's the truth. Um, every man, time he's get on the field. Man, get that man a show. He, why does he not have a show? He was on the code of conduct and held it down, but he got to, he got to do his thing. He got to do it. No, but he's, he's absolutely right. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, yeah, I love, I love me some. Brian no, no, you're good. You're good. Buddy B is my guy, man. It just, it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I'd like, there's, there's several combinations that I would like to see without overwhelming the offense, which is Isaiah. I'd love to see Ike in the, in the game. I think he's going to play. I do have a desire to see Marquez Stevenson on the outside and to see what he's going to bring potentially next season. Is there yeah. an opportunity for Josh to uh, – the the ball that Josh threw to Gabe Davis, which I'm at the point now where situationally when deep balls come, I'm I'm yelling at the TV, why? Like that ball, the deep ball that he threw to Gabe Davis, he almost it was almost there. And, yes, if he catches it, I'm losing my mind. But when he drops back and launches the ball, I'm like, why? Why now? Like, why are you doing this now? Marco Stevenson probably catches that ball, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's because he's faster. I also, I'll be honest with you, I'm intrigued, as we always have been. Uh, on uh, Sal Capaccio today was talking about, uh, you know, bringing in Tanner Gentry. I think he was talking with somebody about that, like somehow Tanner Gentry. And I was like, why would Tanner get the opportunity before Isaiah Hodgins gets the opportunity? I'd like to see both those guys. I mean, as much as we're still in the thick of this thing and, the Bills win Sunday, and we're leading the AFC or the number one seed in the AFC East. The season's not over. I still want to know what we got of these fellas, right? I, I want to see them play some football, but uh, give me more of Ike, right? I don't know if it's the year. I don't know if it's the time for Hodgins, and I know that's your guy. No, no, I'm good I, with I just it. don't think you know. But um, I think the reason why uh, Tanner Gentry would get the 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 nod is just based off of chemistry. You know, he was in college with Josh. They know yeah. each other. Like, so I'm sure in practice they can, I'm sure um, that they see a chemistry there that, you know, you don't see with others. And, and to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're going to see Emmanuel Sanders this Sunday. You know, I know that um, he's, he's showing up on the injury report as, as questionable now, instead of doubtful yep. and out, yep. but um, I still don't, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that we see him in this game. So I'm with you. Give me Stevenson and Hodgins. Yeah, and been, I like, give been, me all three of them. It's been reported that uh, one of his teammates from Cole Beasley has spent some time in the hospital. 
I think the immediate thought is that it's Deion Dawkins. However, Mongo Feliciano, Mongo, yeah, yeah, he said that he was in the hospital on Sunday, possibly getting oxygen. I don't know what the expectation is. My guess is if he was in the hospital Sunday getting oxygen, I've had COVID. He's probably not playing this Sunday. So the hopes are that Deion Dawkins is doing okay. Now, Deion Dawkins did tweet today uh, once he found out that he made the Pro Bowl, uh, and he just said that he was blessed and honored, and he put it on Instagram and stuff like that. However, if he does not play, did you catch any of the show with Reuben Brown, the John Fina show with Reuben Brown this week? I did not. I have not been feeling well. I That's apologize. That, I no, would, no, there, no there's no apologies necessary. We're both incredibly busy, and we do a lot of shows. I asked them. And it was actually it actually came from another question from 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 the comment section. What is it like going from the left to the right, right to the left, both as a tackle and as a, as a guard? And pro nine time Pro Bowler Reuben Brown, who is on the short list to make the Hall of Fame, is not going to make it this year. He didn't he didn't end up being a finalist, but he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. And John Vina both said it's almost impossible. So like literally, uh, Reuben Brown made the comment. He said, you know, when I was in Buffalo, I was a left guard. You know, I wore a different number. And when I went to Chicago, he's like, I'm not going to be that guy anymore. Like, I'm done being that guy. I'm, I'm going to wear a different number. I'm going to I'm going to be a right guard. And like, I'm going to be a, be a different player. And I'm going to leave all that Buffalo stuff behind me. And he's like, I was a horrible right guard. He goes. And then when somebody asked me, he goes, why don't you just jump over and play left guard for us? just one or two snaps? Give me a snap or two. He's like, I'm not a left guard. I'm a right guard. He goes, I left that behind. Like, like there's a conversation. He had to talk him into it. He was not playing well as a right guard. He knew he wasn't, but he was still like, I'm not going back over there. And then sure enough, he's like, fine, I'll give you one or two snaps. Give him one or two snaps. Then the guy was like, you're a left guard, period. And that was it. And he was left guard. For and so both of them have said it's darn near impossible unless you just have that natural kind of like ability to go like switch hit left, left right-handed or, or left-handed batter, right-handed batter. If you don't have mm -hmm. that, it's completely foreign. So all that lead into say this. If Deion Dawkins isn't playing again, are we going to see Spencer Brown at left tackle again? Because it didn't go it didn't go completely bad outside the penalties, but it didn't go great either. I tell you what, it, I, as long as we don't see Cody Ford over there, I don't care. Like, I mean, it's going to be bad. I feel like it's going to be bad either way. Uh, yeah. But this whole conversation you're having, this is why this is why I blame Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. I can't like I normally, you know, I'm I'm, I'm team Coach McDiddy. Like I'm out sure. there, like oh, sure. Coach McDiddy. Sure, but. They absolutely have done a disservice to Cody Ford by playing musical chairs with this position. When you draft him to be your right tackle, then you switch him to right guard, then you switch him to left guard, then you switch him back to right tackle, then you switch him to right guard. That mm. you don't give the guy the opportunity. And you just said you talk to a guy that's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And he switched to go play a different position. And it was like, yeah, this isn't cutting it. Then he goes back to the left guard because that's where he's supposed to be. Yep. And he He's a Hall of Famer. Yep. So, uh, you know, but I mean, I know we're talking about Dion and we're talking, I hopefully Dion's okay. Um, from what I heard, I don't feel like, um, and this isn't like a source or anything. I just been kind of hearing that. I, I don't think this time around was as rough for Dion as it was Good. the first time. I've, I've so been I worried. Like, yeah, I, th I think Dion's going to be fine. I've been, so we know a lot of the same people, you know, more people than I do, but I've been giving space. I haven't even reached out to ask like, cause I don't, because of this stupid show, I can't be a friend and like a person that says, I just want to know how I need to be praying. Like I can't, cause it's, it sounds like I'm looking for information. Like you're, yeah, like you're fishing, <laughs> but yeah. the reality is, is I'm concerned. And then when I, when Cole Beasley puts out one of my dudes, that has got COVID was in the hospital this weekend. I'm like, Oh crap. Like, is it bad? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'm immediately nervous. 
But um, I just don't know what they're going to do on that offensive line. I don't know. Has Does anybody know? Has Daryl Williams played left tackle well? And why is Ryan Bates? Why is Ryan Bates not the answer? I get and I understand that John Feliciano is the backup center. He's your first choice if Mitch Morse goes down. However, if Ryan Bates is that guy, the dude never comes off the bench. He never comes off the bench and plays because they're scared to death to get this guy hurt. It seems to me he's the best option to play left tackle because he's played it. Yeah. J-Dub says the coaching staff has taught the Mafia that O-line positions are interchangeable, and they aren't. They are not. Now the Mafia thinks failed tackles move into guard, right, and left sides are meaningless. I agree 100%, J-Dub. You have to have guys come in to do the job that they're supposed to do. If I'm going to sign you or draft you as my right tackle, Cody Ford, I want you to play right tackle until the wheels fall off. And if you're not good after playing a season and a half, two seasons at right tackle, okay, we move on. It was a failed draft class but there's no way i'm gonna sit out here and bash my guy cody ford when the team mismanaged him and then you talk yeah. about williams you talk about you know just everybody they feel like they can move guys into every position right just right. think about the mental aspect of that like all week i've been studying protections on the right side as a guard all yeah. week that's yeah. all i've been practicing that's all i've been studying that's yeah. all i've been and now all of a sudden before the game comes out oh no we're gonna shuffle this around you could just play left guard you could do it uh, no, that's not the same thing. Like that's yeah. not the same thing at all. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop with that. And I, yeah. I understand that they want guys that are, um, like he said, just interchangeable and, and like you can just, but it's, it's rare that you have guys that can be great at that. It's so rare. Yeah. Cam Giese says, uh, or Greasy rather says, uh, Beasley said he was talking about Feliciano and Feliciano said he, Feliciano said he felt better yesterday. This is what I would tell everybody. I had COVID. January of last year, I had a very mild case. Uh, I got it on Thursday. My wife got it on Monday. I got it on Thursday. I had a mild cough for about a day and a half. That was all of my symptoms. The fatigue that I felt for the next week and a half, two weeks was real. Mm. And then I lost my sense of taste and smell for five weeks. So uh, if somebody was in the hospital getting oxygen, which is more than likely why people go to the hospital for COVID first, they go there to get oxygen. I can't see a situation where John Feliciano plays football this weekend. I think just like the struggles that we saw Dion have coming off of it with the fatigue and everything else, Feliciano is going to be right there this weekend. Hopefully Dion can play. I mean, it's clearly that's the best opportunity we have. And it's just good news that they're all doing well, including Tyrell Dotson, who also has COVID. So mm-hmm. all good stuff. So, but as we look to just the injury report, so the Buffalo Bills injury report for this foot this weekend. Josh Allen foot, full participant. Jerry Hughes neck limited. Micah Hyde back limited. Taiwan Jones knee did not participate. He probably is not going to play. That's and then Emmanuel rough. Sanders, yeah, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders limited. Uh, and whatever that bone bruise is that's going on with Emmanuel, I don't know. I haven't even heard a timeline. Have you heard a timeline on Emmanuel Sanders? No, uh, and that's why I said I don't. I personally, I don't know if he'll play Sunday. I, I, you know, I don't feel confident about that. But the one that I'm, I didn't, I didn't see this earlier. I'm rough on, like, I feel bad about the Taiwan Jones thing. That's huge. He, he got hurt in the Bucks game. Okay, so I didn't even pay attention to it this last week. Then, but yeah, um, yeah. that's huge for us. Like Taiwan Jones is. We don't have to go down to special teams talk and and all that. But Taiwan yeah. Jones is that dude, man. He's like, big. He's big time. And then yeah. as we're as we're looking at uh, as we're looking at the uh, the Patriots injury report, it's long and distinguished, and this doesn't include the the COVID uh, reserve guys. Uh, Aguilar concussion did not participate, so he's very much in like in jeopardy of not playing this weekend. Reminder: Stevenson just has an illness; it's not COVID. 
David Andrews, limited participant. And some of this is, you know, obviously built what Bill Belichick does. The big ones that are important, Bentley, limited participant, uh, Brandon Bolden uh, with the knee, limited participant, Nikhil Harry with the hip, limited participant. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Damian Harris as well did did practice this week uh, today a little bit. But the big one is also uh, where's it at? I've got it pulled up here. Sorry, two seconds. Let, let me pull that down real quick. Sorry, my bad. Um, and I've lost it. So as it pertains to here, we go. So Kendrick Bourne is the other one that currently has COVID or is on the COVID reserve list. So there's conversation and talk that the only healthy wide receiver the Patriots are going to have. In this game, potentially, is Nikhil Harry, I think, is the guy. He's the mm. – no, that isn't right. It's not Kendrick – it's not Nikhil. I think Nikhil, Nikhil Harry's out. Or Nikhil Harry's out. It's not It's not him. It's, uh, who is it? Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, they're, they're at the bottom of the barrel. So if Kendrick Bourne can't play because of COVID, which he could test back in and or test out and be negative and play, but you're looking at the situation where they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel as it pertains to just – you know, uh, injury stuff. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. Jacoby Myers. That's who it is. Thank you. I love, I love the comment section just for that. I wish, I wish I could walk around life and have conversations with people with a comment section rolling. So when I forget things, people are like, Oh, it's this. That's right. It was that. Thank you. <laughs> the thing that I'm worried about though, about Sunday is actually their tight ends. And I know, um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I know one of their guys hasn't been playing up to kind of like th- their expectations, but I mean, the talent is there and we we seem to have had issues. I mean, and it's not just like a, a this year thing. I feel like the Buffalo Bills just in history just have had issues covering tight ends. And when you got two of them um, who are athletic, who can make basically any type of catch, they can block. They can like that's my concern. Um, but I think we take the Patriots. I don't even think it's a I don't even think it's a. I'm not worried. I wasn't worried the last time, but the weather, you know, it, it took, it's not an excuse, but the weather took away our strength. Like Josh Allen is our strength and it took him out of the game because yeah, he had a couple of throws that we feel like he should have like the Stefan Diggs long t- it hit his, it hit him in the arm. Um, it, it took that away, but I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Mac Jones. Come on, man. So what are we, what are we looking at if uh, it makes its way around? And I put a tweet out on Twitter that, uh, caught fire a little bit um and some people agreed with it most people agree with it and some people didn't just that uh if if the cole beasley thing happens and the bills lose this weekend and if it makes its way around the locker room so a couple other wide receivers go out close contacts whatever i just i just try to put the bills mafia in a situation of realizing that uh if the bills lose this football game and miss the playoffs or miss the one seed in the afc east that this chain of events was set in motion a long time ago it's not because of this one game regardless of the fact that this is a big game so I guess the question is, is, you know, how nervous are we supposed to be? Are we going to be waiting for that final shoe to drop up until Sunday game time? Right. Who is next? Because it's it's not just us. The freaking Chiefs it's put seven people. It's the, yeah. the Chiefs put seven guys, including Tyree Kill, on the COVID reserve list today. It's like, you know, and obviously, like I posted this morning, like, you know, at some point it's forget about your fantasy team. But. It's like that's kind of when I get my updates a lot of times when I go yep. in to update my team and all that stuff. And I looked at my team this morning because I made the playoffs and whoa. Uh, and I looked at my team, half of my team is on the COVID <laughs> list. And it was like, holy smokes, I'm really about to lose my fantasy. Like I'm in the playoffs, I'm one game away from the championship and I'm going to lose because I don't like all my team is out on COVID. So, yep. you know, hopefully Josh Allen and, and, uh, 
who I got? I got Josh Allen and I, I got uh, Aaron Rodgers. So yep. we were yep. in a, a, a dual flex league where you can have two quarterbacks. I need those guys to be healthy. Like put Josh in the bubble. Like don't let him do anything besides practice and eat. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> yikes. Yeah, <laughs> the sigh. It was just like, <laughs> but yeah, yikes. Yeah, man, I, I it's just, rough. Uh, it's rough. It, it would be just par for the course, Billsy, right for the, for this season to have the op- the opportunity is staring them in the in the face to take to retake the lead in the division and take the AFC East two years in a row. It's right there because they're going to beat the Falcons. They're going to beat the Jets. Mitch Trubisky is going to beat the Falcons and the Jets if Josh Allen's not playing. Like, this is the game. This is basically where the Browns had the Raiders this past weekend on Monday night, right? The round, the Browns were they were up 14-13. All they had to do was close the game out, and they're you know they're leading the AFC North, and they can't do it. They just they mm-hmm. they fold at the end. It, that would be that's going to be a tough show for me if that happens. So I, cause I'm with you. I have my, my full 100% expectation is that the Buffalo bills win this football game and they do it similar to the fashion that they did it in new England last year. I don't think this is going to be a, we're going to try to be balanced and go 50, 50 and run the ball all the time. I, I think, yeah, I think they're, they're going to come out guns blazing. And that's, that's kind of one of the topics we have tonight. What do we think it's going to take? What is it? What, what are we expecting to see from this football team? What is going to be the offensive philosophy for the Buffalo Bills? And I'd love to hear the comments section. You know, those of you that are in the comments, what do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to do? Are they going to come out and outsmart themselves, in my opinion? John Fina called me a run denier on Monday. (laughs) I am a run denier to Ruben Brown. I'm like, I'm not a run denier. I'm just a realist, and I'm an observer, and I can see that the run does not work for this football team. So if it doesn't work, why keep doing it? Because Ruben was like, you got to run the ball. You got to run the ball and run the ball some more. And I'm like, I didn't say nothing. I'm not going to push back on a dude that's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was just like, all right. <laughs> but I just don't. Well, in fairness, though, and to you, to your point, I, I feel like you were talking to two offensive linemen who want to um, run the ball. In an era, right? They played in an era where they like to to run and punch people in the mouth. So they're going to say that. I think for today's NFL, I think you need to feed Stephon Diggs. Agreed. I don't want to. I don't want to hear like he should have a game. He should have an absolute game. Um, and if and if we don't, then, you know, yeah, the, the team is still on this. I want to balance thing. I want to balance that. And I want to look, man, use, use your studs, man. Like, what's the point of having a, a old school if you like, like a classic and you're just going to keep it in the garage? Man, put that thing in the show. The Let Ferrari, people see it. The Ferrari comment. What do you I mean? Are you at the point of even noticing it? Because to me, it is the it's not even the elephant in the room. It's legitimately it's the it's the it's the glaring annoyance, frustration. Like it immediately takes me to 10. I go red when it's second and 10, second and nine, second and seven, and they run the football. They did it seven times. It didn't, it wasn't successful once against the Panthers. Are you even cued into that? And if it happens, are you are you like why are they doing I am. this? I am cued into that, and they shouldn't do it. When you have Matthew Judon on the other side of the ball, <laughs> you, you know, with Devin Singletary and whatever running back. So if Zach is active or not, or if they do, like whoever, yeah, no, let's, let's not let's not play these games. Let's yeah. not play these games. Get my guy Stefan Diggs the ball. He's your pro bowler. Yeah, <laughs> he, not Jordan and Micah. Stefan <laughs> Diggs is your pro bowler. Get him the damn ball. 
Just give him. The, I'm sorry. I'm still mad about that. I tried to calm down. I can't do it, man. No, that was good. Just remember, it's not the Bills' fault that he's he's their Pro Bowler. Uh, Peyton says that if we can score early, it bodes well for us. I agree. The problem is, is the Bills have had a lot of trouble scoring early this season. Renaissance man, my guy says, uh, stop the run and the game is over. It's really simple. That that's a that brings up another great point. How do the Bills stop the run in this football game? Because last time they played. It was on the jumbotron. They're going to run the ball, and the defense still couldn't stop it. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson comes in after Damian Harris gets hurt and is pounding off six yards of carry. The thing is, though, I'm not and, – and I think you and I had this this mini debate about it before. I'm, I'm, I really wasn't even upset about the, the run defense in that game. You know, like I'm upset because we lost. But when the defense holds you to 14 points and you give up a long run touchdown like that. Fair. That's fair. You know, and like I'm not upset with the defense. Like 14 points. Like if you would have told me coming into this season, hey, when you play the Patriots, you're going to score 14 points. You would have taken that 10 times out of 10. Because you would have assumed with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Emmanuel Sanders, whoever else, like you would have assumed that with the offense that we have, we would score more than ten points. You would so, assume. Like, you would assume that the philosophy on off the the, the the philosophy on defense is we're not going to let them score, and the Bills have done a very good job of that this year. You you would assume that the philosophy on offense is we're going to treat every game like a shootout, and the Bills don't. They treat every game like our defense is only going to let up 10 points. We only got to score 13. Yeah. That's how that offense plays. So so that's where I'm at. Like, I understand they gave up the 67-yarder, and I understand that at the end of the game, when you look at the stats, they average five yards a carry. Without that one play, um, they averaged three point – I think it was 3.8 yards a carry. I'm not mad at the defense. I'm not mad at the running defense. Um, Yeah, we give up big runs. It happens. Like, But guess what? At the end of the day – Teams don't blow us. We had one game where where we had a team that just like went crazy on us. Mm-hmm. One, one game. Two, if you want to include this Tampa, if you right. want to include the Tampa game, we had two teams that were able to score on us. Yeah, but we came back and it was it was a closer game. But if you're talking about defensively, we don't give up points. So I'm not mad. I don't care what they do. Like last year, it was more frustrating because we were giving up yards like crazy. Teams were scoring, and Josh had to outscore. He, it was basically the old Peyton Manning thing where the defense wasn't doing their job and Peyton had to go out and score 40 every week to win. Yep. And Josh and the offense was doing that. Yep. Now the defense is holding teams to 14, 15 points a game. Yep. And and you mean to tell me that we lost six games? By one possession. Your, de- your defense is averaging, I believe it was like 16 points. I think it's 16.3 points per game. So 16 points a game. Yeah, if you can. Because the thing is, that's ridiculous to me. Like, it, you can't tell me. You can't tell me at the beginning of the season if I said to everybody, everybody in the chat, everybody listening to this podcast and, and you know, on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you're listening to it, if you're listening to this at the beginning of the season, if I were to tell you, yo, all season the Buffalo Bills are going to average on defense, only giving up 16 points a game, and you know that Josh Allen is that dude, you know that Stefan Diggs is that dude, you know that we got – uh you know, whoever we brought in Emmanuel Sanders and you know that Dawson Knox is going to do his thing when he get the ball, everybody and they mama would have been like, hell yeah, give me that twice and on Sunday. That's exactly right. So, so the Patriots are, they're leading the league now at 16.2 and the bills are second tied with the Broncos at 17.4. So that's yeah. 17 points a game in today's NFL. But at one point, point the bills were 11, like week six or week seven, the bills were at 11 points per game. 11. 
which is crazy. So, so it's, I don't know. It's just an argument that I get tired of having because I feel like people always go to like it would a run defense. They gave up like, you know, and, and um, I got into a friendly debate with my man, uh, Pat Moran about it too because he's like well I don't know like I I love Pat Pat's my guy but we got into a friendly debate about it because he's like well I don't know how you're going to say the defense is that good if they're giving up 60 yard touchdown runs well guess what they're only giving up four if you give up so would you rather them give up a 60 yard touchdown run or a 60 yard touchdown pass to me it doesn't freaking matter it's a touchdown uh I think the problem the pro I I totally I track with exactly what you're saying. The problem is is the rarity of a 50 plus yard touchdown run in the NFL in today's NFL. It does not happen often. Deep passes, bombs happen a lot and the Bills have given up what is it four or five lo- very long runs. It's a problem. It's a okay, very but How many very long passes problem. have we given up? I don't think it's been it hasn't been five. So my point is, it just flip flop for us this year. Normally, teams are get every team in the NFL. Can I make you wonder? High powered offense. Can I make you wonder if two guys should have gone to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it flip flopped this year. You have teams. Every team in the NFL has given up big plays in the air because that's what the league is built for now. The, yes. the quarterbacks and these receivers are doing dynamic things every single week. Yes. And then when you come against and play against the Buffalo Bills, guess what? It don't happen. So because we sell out to the pass and we're making sure, y'all not doing this on us, we give up big runs. And guess what? Mm. I'm okay with the big run. Why am I okay with the big run? Because we're only giving up 17 points a game. I'd be okay and with the big run. Have... Go ahead. When you have Josh Allen, no, I'm cool. I love the rant. You're going to say what I'm going to say. I I agree with you a hundred percent. If the Bills were still playing like we've got to score thirty to win, and they're not playing that way on offense, but that was the expectation coming into the season, and that's why I said at the beginning of the season, if I would have said to you, Joe, seventeen points a game all season, the defense is going to give up seventeen. You would have been like, yep. 100%. 100%. We all would have been excited. We would have been, I would have bought my plane ticket for February to be in Buffalo for the parade. Yep, like it would yep. have already happened. Super Bowl. Yep. And, and I've said it a hundred times. I, I, I got, I had the privilege of being on it. Is, I think it's going to drop tonight. I was on the rock power report with, uh, with Drew and Chris yesterday. Nice. We, we recorded yesterday. Um, and I've said it on a hundred shows. I don't understand why the chips were in the middle of the table offensively last year. I've said it on this show with you and they're not this year. And, and, and McDermott came out and said against, I think it was either the Colts or the Patriots, Brian Dable and I are on the same page now about the offense. And as much as everybody's like, oh, that's great. That was not great to me because I need to know what the page is and I need to know whose page it is. Who's the conservative one? Who's the aggressive one? And what is the page? Like, I need more information because that offense is equipped to be much better than it is. Must cut out guys. Oh, that's my sister leaving. See you, Jamie. Merry Christmas. Bye, Love Jamie. You. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Love you. Merry Christmas. But uh, yeah, we, we could probably rant on this forever. Let's do this. Let's transition to uh, game predictions. It's scrolling at the bottom. So for those of you that are in the comment section, uh, this is the Humpty Hotline. You are watching it on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. You're listening to it on uh, Thursday or Friday on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It's brought to you by the Market Dominator. And while the people in the comment section excuse me, are giving us their game predictions for this Sunday Sunday's game against the New England Patriots, as well as a Josh Allen stat line. And Jay Spence is coming up with his own because we don't do this much anymore. I'm going to do the read for our guy, John Spazjak. So the market, uh, dominator. the market dominator. So as you all know and have heard, and if you've watched the show before, and if you have not or listened, or if you listen to the overreaction post game show, John Spazjak and his team, the market dominator team, 
uh, our real estate, the real estate agents uh, that work here in Western New York, they can help you anywhere in the country. However, they work for Keller Williams and Keller Williams Realty is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire country. Uh, and John considers himself uh, a, tra- a life transition specialist. And what that means is he's just there to help you when transition happens. So a lot of times it's not about moving from Hamburg to Orchard Park or Orchard Park to Williamsville. Sometimes it's about moving from North Carolina to Buffalo or Buffalo to Texas. Like there's a big transition happening, whether it's schools and family and all kinds of job loss or or just changing jobs. John goes out of his way and so does his team to make sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed and that you're not sitting there in the dark waiting for the buyer, the seller, and their team to get back to you. John basically runs the entire sale. If you're looking to buy a home and maximize its value, you want to call John. If you're looking to sell a home and max, I said that backwards. If you're looking to sell a home and maximize its value, you want to call John. If you're looking to buy a home and you want the best team on your side, that's going to help you with foundation cracks, windows, siding, and all kinds of crazy stuff that you should be looking for. You want to call the dominator team. You can reach him at 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, John is Bill's Mafia. You can reach him at Your Elite Broker. So there. Game prediction, Jay Spence. Before we do the game prediction, can I say one thing before we do it? Sure. Um, Because there's a couple comments in here. So from Jesse, and then we have one from Triggs. um, That Edmonds has had one, maybe two subpar games this year. Give me a break. I'm with with Jesse. Yeah. um, Because then you're looking at, Comments. Shout out to Triggs. I love Triggs. Uh, Edmonds just needs to be patient and not over pursue, which leaves big holes for runs. The, the, the thing is, those two comments were, were not bad. They were not bad. I really, really, really need y'all to take off your Bills fans glasses at times, your goggles, your Homer goggles, and look at Tremaine Edmonds from the perspective that the entire league does. Look at Tremaine Edmonds from the perspective that people outside of Buffalo and outside of Orchard Park and Western New York and Rochester look at look at how the league look at looks at Tremaine Edmonds. There's a reason why Tremaine Edmonds, unfortunately, I, I don't know why they don't look at Jordan and Micah like this, but there's a reason why he was higher on the Pro Bowl voting from players and coaches. There's mm-hmm. a reason why Tremaine Edmonds, and I know a lot of people try to make it seem like, oh, well, he doesn't get the interceptions, and he doesn't do this, and he doesn't make. First of all, Tremaine Edmonds, since he's come into the league. There's only one player who has had more tackles for loss. And this is a fact. Go look it up. Like, this is a fact. Tremaine Edmonds is an elite. He's not elite in the sense of Ray Lewis. Brian I feel Erlacher. like the issue, Brian yeah. Erlacher, I feel like the issue with a lot of times with Bills fans is like, and not just Bills fans, around the league, fans in general, when when we when teams draft our guy, it's like, oh, this is the next greatest uh, Hall of Fame player. His entire career is going to be wonderful. Tremaine Edmonds has done exactly what the team has asked him to do. Yeah. He, he, there's, there's so many plays during the game that he doesn't get credit for, but the reason that the play has switched completely is because of Tremaine Edmonds. Right. Quarterbacks do not want to throw over the middle of the field, not because they're scared he's going to intercept it, but because he's so damn long and he, his reach is like, it's insane. And, and we saw the tip pass Sunday from Cam. We saw like, Y'all got to lighten up on my guy, Tremaine. Like, and I know all season, and I've actually relaxed on him. I've relaxed over the last few weeks. I'm telling y'all, though, Tremaine Edmonds is that dude. And y'all really, I will hate Buffalo if y'all run Tremaine Edmonds out of buff. I promise you, I will. I'm not going to leave my team, but it's going to be real hard for me to claim Bill's Mafia if y'all run another very good player out of Buffalo. Let's go ahead with this. there's There's a certain content creator, and you actually posted it in the group chat with Yumi and Bruce just about just a comment that was made. And I responded to it, and I was like, how long are you going to treat Tremaine Edmonds like he signed a mega deal? 
because that's literally how he's treated. Like there's one guy that goes after Tremaine, like he's making $25 million a year for the next five years. And it's like the dude's on his rookie contract. He hasn't signed any mega deal yet. Why don't you give him some slack? Like cut him, like give him some rope. Like, what are you, like, why are you so obsessed with the situation? But it is what it but is. Guess My, what? What I've seen from him. And I, I might be in the minority based on everything I see. I'm willing to give him his contract, extend him. They picked up his fifth year option, extend him. Like you're tell me this, and then we can move on because I know we got to do the Kane predictions and we got to get out of here. If we get rid of Tremaine Edmonds, who are we gonna replace him with? That's better. That's better. Tell me one. I don't even know. I don't have an answer to that question simply due to the fact that it, it comes back to the amount of times that I hear and read. So I hear on the radio, I hear on these shows, I hear people say, and then I read on Twitter and I read on Facebook. You know, maybe we need to move Tremaine Edmonds to the outside and put somebody else on the inside. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? There is no inside. We run a nickel four two. Milano and Tremaine Edmonds do the same thing. The difference is, is Tremaine Edmonds calls the place. Milano and Edmonds basically do the same exact thing. They're just different body types, different playing styles. They might have a couple different assignments, but for all intents and purposes, they, they run. They have the same position. There is no inside guy. So, and I love we, Matt Milano. And I love you. Correct. How can you not? And the reality is, is Matt Milano is clean a lot of times because of Tremaine Edmonds, because they're more worried about 49. Watch 49, which leaves 58 open to kind of wreak havoc and do what 58 wants to do. So I don't know that you're going to find somebody better. So, right. So, so again, we were saying get rid of Tremaine or move on from Tremaine. Don't extend Tremaine. Who's going to be better? This like, Because then what you're going to do is you're going to bring somebody in, and when they come in, he's not going to be anything close to what Tremaine was, and then this, it's going to be disappointing. This is it. Cam Greasy says that people want to see Edmonds at an outside linebacker in a 3-4, and guess what? Not only do we run a nickel 4-2, which isn't a traditional 4-3, we never, we are not a hybrid 3-4 team at all. We are not a hybrid we are not a hybrid team. We never run a three-four. So he With is the roster never gonna, we have. No, he's never. He's never going to be a stand-up linebacker on the outside. It's never, ever going to happen. So just let it go. Let it go. Let Yo, it go. <laughs> we get gashed. Go. We get gashed with four guys on the line. Like we're getting gashed in the run game with four guys on the line with yeah. Star and Ed on yep. the line for sure. And you want to take one of those guys off and have a more athletic person to run after the guy? Yeah. No, we yeah. need to stop the run. To keep you know. I don't know. All right. So game predictions and Josh on stat line. We've got one game prediction so far, and it's uh Pat's twenty six, Bills third. Excuse me, thirteen. And he says he hopes he's wrong. What do you have, Jay Spence? What do you got for a game prediction? Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this comfortably, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not not to the point where I feel like they're going to score 55 points or nothing like that, but I think it's going to be like a 35-20. Um, I, 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 I like that score. I just want to see a situation. I want to see the Buffalo Bills just continue the eroding of the hype train that is Mac Jones. Like, I'm done with the MJ-10. Like, I don't need to see any more MJ-10. I don't need to hear about any more MJ-10. I don't need to see MJ-10 wince like a little girl anytime a defensive player is around him and he gets that weird, like, face. Is that his, that's his nickname, MJ-10? He he, bas- he he just recently trademarked MJ-10. So, yeah. That's lame. That's lame. Well, it's because of TV-12 is why he did it. So, he did it. I to understand. Follow- it's yeah. just, it's just yeah. lame. So I, I just want to see that. But I, I don't know what the score is going to be. I like your score, 30, 30. I don't know about seven touchdowns, maybe you know 31 to 21 or something like that, or 31-17. Uh, Dawn says 29-17 bills. I like that. 
Uh, Cam Greasy says 24, uh, 20 bills. Allen with 295, three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. I hope so because I'm in the playoffs and Josh Allen is my quarterback. So I hope that happens. The Renaissance man. What are you gonna? What, what's the figures for? No, I'm just saying I would have went with Mac Dime or something. Like go with something cool. Like you know, sound, <laughs> sound cool. MJ ten. Like what? Are, what are yeah. we doing? There's only one MJ. There's one M. Two MJs. My, if we're talking Jordan. music. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Renaissance man. Thirty-one twenty. Bills. Josh Allen. Twenty-five thirty-six. Two ninety-six and two touchdowns. Paid in plays. Says 24-21 Bills. Daniel Gowris says Bills win 27-16. I'm glad we're not in the 40s anymore. Remember when we were we were living in the 40s the first couple of weeks of the season? Everybody's like 40. The Bills are gonna score 40. Uh Daryl uh, Fletcher says Josh 310, two touchdowns, 40 yards rushing. Uh Triggs with a super chat. Edmonds in pass defense is great. My issue is run D. Yeah, it's a, you're not wrong. Jason Taylor, 31-16, Buffalo Bills. And then uh, I'm going to throw this up here just for Jesse's sake. Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I feel great about this game if Dawkins plays, if we have another disaster left tackle. It's a crapshoot. I think that's the hard part, too, is it wasn't necessarily a disaster. He had five penalties, which was a problem, but he played okay. It just If he plays against Matthew Judon, it might be a problem. Wait a minute. We got to block somebody immediately. We have to block somebody immediately. Like, what? The disrespect to Michael Jackson? <laughs> I, Michael, I wish I was as good as Prince Jackson. Shout out to Jason Taylor. I'm just joking. No blocking. But come on. You got to relax. You got to relax. It, that's that's tough because Prince is a legend, too. He's not Michael G. He's not MJ, but Prince is other world as well. So, yeah. They're, I, they're, I feel like Prince is a legend as a musician. Like, he has, he has records, but Mike's records were by far bigger Oh yeah, Prince's for sure. Record. But but Prince also like was done being gamed by the system. So he got to the point where he like bought all the rights of his, to his own stuff and started releasing stuff independently. And when you don't have the backing of distribution, you can't sell millions of records. It just is what it is. And you don't get radio play. Uh, Triggs, we're we're gonna wrap it up with this. Allen three TDs, three fifty eight yards, one rushing touchdown. But uh, this is fun, Don dude. Just breaking my heart too. Don just broke my heart too. She said Prince above MJ. I got to get out of here, man. Let's let's end this out, man. Like y'all breaking my heart. I got to go and listen to some Michael Jackson. Can we I gotta, just, I'm gonna go do can it. We just can we just realize you can't go wrong with either. No, you, you can go wrong with Prince over Michael. You, uh, you're wrong with Prince over Michael, man. I didn't say you're Prince wrong. over Michael. I said you can't go wrong with either. No, I, so I went to a Prince concert, and I know this is not what everybody's here for, but I went to a Prince concert in Detroit, and it was probably the best concert that I've ever been to. He he legitimately was on stage for four and a half hours. Wow. The first half of the concert, he did he basically played every instrument on stage, every single instrument on stage and performed. The second half of the show, he just took requests and he was even singing songs that wasn't even his. Like it was just it was just an amazing <laughs> it was an amazing thing. But but we're gonna have to put some respect on Mike's name. Like Mike Jackson is that dude. The most iconic moment, and I'm a musician and I am a former recording artist. I have a lot of love for music. I love music all across the board. So I'm not I'm not a fan of one genre or two. I, I'm a fan of all of it. The most iconic moment ever is Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain. It's just like that's <laughs> something that now that he's dead, you watch that back and it all, you almost you're almost you're almost like wiping tears from your eyes like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> Do you remember the Michael Jackson halftime show for the Super oh, yeah. Bowl? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. Mike would jump up. He would be at his concerts and would jump up and not move for five minutes, and people would be passing out. Like, come on, man. yeah, but that's like Mike. Is but that's not talent. <laughs> that's not a good they, song. They, they fell in love with him because of the talent. Like, Off the Wall isn't even his biggest selling album, but it's the it's better than Thriller. 
And Thriller's amazing. I uh, I had a uh, I had a I had a Michael Jackson scrapbook up, up until about the tenth grade. So yeah, ninth yeah. grade, ninth grade. So I, I yeah, I was a big, I was a big Jackson fan. So for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned in to the Humpty Hotline on uh, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. It's been exciting having you. It's uh it's Christmas time. It's it's uh it is. uh Trigg says getting getting one in under the wire. Comparing Prince to MJ is like Marino to Brady. And guess what? I take Marino. I take Marino. I, no, so I, I don't know him. who he's saying. I hate them both. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate both of them. Yeah, that's the good thing about my age though, because when Marino was really killing it, I wasn't like I wasn't like there for you know, like I was a kid, sure. I enjoyed football, but I for didn't sure. love it that much. So when I look back on Marino, I just look at him like, dude, he has the the most purest, most beautiful throw. Like I've yep. never seen a guy throw the football like like Dan Marino. So True. I take Dan Marino over everybody. Um, my favorite quarterback of all time is Brett Favre. Well, until recently, he's kind of he's doing some craziness. But Dan Marino's that dude, man. Dan Marino's that dude. Good stuff. Anyways, Humpty Hotline, Market Dominator, Buffalo Rumblings. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the show, along with my co-host. Jay Spence the King. You can find us both on Twitter. Our handles are right there. Uh, Joe Miller Wired at Jay Spence the King. But uh, it's Christmas, bro. So give me one thing you're thankful for this Christmas, and then I'll give you one thing I'm thankful for, and then we'll get out of here. <sighs> um, you know what? I'm I'm to be honest. This is gonna sound real cheesy, but it's the honest guy truth. I'm grateful for um like Buffalo Rumblings and mm. and all the shows that we do, and then all the people. I feel like we have a family. Like I know good. There's some weeks where a bunch of people jump in the chat and it's more than others. But I feel like we have a core set of people that are with us every single week. They're with me on the code of conduct or with me Saturday or they're with you Saturday. And I just feel like, you know, I look forward to speaking to my family every week. So I'm super grateful for everything that has, you know, happened this year. I'm not as happy about the Bills record, but I'm grateful for that, too. It's been a good year for content. So, look, I love all of y'all, man. And and, uh, I hope you all are safe. I hope you all have a very, very good time. And. You know, even same thing. We got another show before New Year, but same thing. Like, like enjoy yourselves. Don't yeah. get in no trouble. <laughs> Just be, be safe. As as Jay Spence likes to say, you know, family is, is important, and checking on a family member and a loved one is important, especially if you haven't heard f- from them in a while. So, I would just encourage everybody to go into this Christmas season, realizing that uh, we're not going to have Christmases forever. At some point in time, yeah. people are going to leave us. Uh, we're going to leave this world. Uh, be in the moment, right? So, stress being in the moment. Don't be on your phone. Put your phone away. Uh, but to, to your point, incredibly, I I love being a part of this community. I love getting to do this with you. Um, I love getting to do this with John. It's it's just a ton of fun. And you guys make me better. And we all challenge each other. And it's a lot of fun. And again, same thing. Thankful for rumblings. But yeah, the, the commenters and the people in the community and those that tweet at us for the most part, like the ones that are cool about it, <laughs> love those guys. The ones that are just there to ping ping us and clap at us i'm not a big fan of them but good with the bad right you take the good with the bad but with the bad but uh yeah. merry christmas everybody on behalf of jay spence the king and myself uh the hump day hotline all of us here at buffalo rumblings uh stick around for uh friday christmas christmas eve there is going to be a food for thought with nate geary and uh, bruce nolan and you i'm not sure if there's going to be a time to shine yet we'll see it depends on how mad my wife gets at me because uh, that, that has to be live. I can't pre-record it. But there is a chop-up coming. So you want to talk about that? We real will quick? be. 
Yep, we will be doing a chop up, and all four of the crew, all four of us are back. We got myself, K Gun, A Dubs, Big Dubs, and we got my man Steros for the girls. Merry Christmas! We we gonna have some fun. We gonna we gonna have some fun. The, the the topics this weekend, we gonna hopefully give y'all some laughs and give you some things to to enjoy. Um, so so kick it with me Christmas night. Kick it with me Christmas evening at nine p.m. And I can't wait to see y'all and talk to y'all. And go listen to that that Jackson Five Christmas album. There you go. <laughs> Jay Spencer King, Joe Miller, go Bills. Go Bills. Talk to you guys soon. Merry Christmas.